Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week, I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals, world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness, and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine weinbrenner Eirich, and this is The Soul of Travel. Habiba El-Khazri was born in Casablanca and has been traveling to all parts of Morocco from a very young age. She brings travelers far away from over-touristed locations. Her mission is to open borders and show Morocco in an authentic way. She is a professional travel designer bringing these authentic connections to life with her company, Asgunfa. She works with experienced local drivers and guides in all parts of the country. All of the experiences designed by Asgunfa directly or indirectly empower the people and protect the environment by reducing negative impact and maximizing positive ones. In our conversation, we talk about the ways she puts these ideas into practice and talk about visiting female cooperatives, eco-friendly lodging, and tree planting projects she's involved in. She shares why she's so passionate about getting visitors to Morocco off the beaten path and what this offers both travelers and communities. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Habiba El-Khazri. Welcome to Soul of Travel. I am very excited today to be sitting down with Habiba Al-Khazri, and she is the founder and CEO of Askunfa Impact Traveling, and she works in Morocco and is a really great advocate for sustainability and community-based tourism. So I'm really excited to dive into those subjects with you today. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Christine. I'm happy to be here and share with you all my experience and my travels in Morocco. Um, yeah, thank you all for listening to. Yeah, my name is Habiba. I'm born and raised in Morocco. And I have been traveling for a long time uh, in Morocco and beyond. I have lived in six different countries. And during my studies and my corporate life, I have been living in, and settling in six different countries where I was really deep dive into the cultures and traditions. And I love everything uh, about traveling, either sharing our culture, our traditions, our food and our experiences that is so empowering. 
either for uh, a traveler or for the people in the destination. So, yeah, that's that's about me. <laughs> Thank you for sharing a little bit about your travel experiences. And I can definitely see how having the opportunity to live so many places creates that desire to really create deeper, authentic connections. I think that's always been one of those things that I have loved the opportunity to go and be somewhere for, you know, three months, six months, a year, two years, but, you know, much beyond that just quick travel experience, but where you can take time to find like a favorite walk or coffee shop and you start to like connect with people on a regular basis and you start to experience things as it is if you live there and when you do live there and it just gives you such a deeper appreciation. And, um, and then I think when you've had those experiences, you really crave for others to have those experiences, even when they do travel. So we try to replicate that connection and that authentic way of being in a shorter travel experience. So I know we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but, um, how how do you think the travel bug was sparked in you? When did you really first start traveling? And when did you know that that something like studying abroad and traveling and living abroad is something that you wanted to be a part of your life? Uh, well, thanks of, uh, thanks to my my parents, I had the opportunity to travel from a very young age to uh, other destinations than Morocco. And that really opened my eyes to the world. Uh, we were in Thailand, Malaysia, and uh, Egypt, and since a very young age. And I realized how our mind is more open and how we learn so much while traveling than, than by, by staying in your country. And, and you bring so much also to your country by traveling. That was the beginning. Uh, of my love of traveling and then when I had my high school degree I decided to do my studies in France uh, business studies and that's where I took each and every opportunity to do my exchanges in United States Germany yeah, Spain and also do my internships abroad, uh, in, yeah, abroad so to get the most of each of the countries that I visit of course uh, traveling for Two weeks or so is also a kind of traveling that you get most of the country when you settle there. And that's exactly the balance that I wanted to, to find when traveling is to, oh, when traveling for a short amount of time, you get the most of the country, uh, than someone who is settled there. And the best way to do so is to follow the steps of the local. To, who will take you to the best places to uh, to make you taste uh, some delicious food and to share with you his culture. And that's how I started myself organizing trips to my family and friends. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think when you start to see the opportunity to travel in that way, I think there there's something else that opens up in you and I think a lot of times we think about travel as being a very fast-paced activity and we want to make sure we're seeing a lot of things. And and then when we have a moment to sit still and connect with someone and have a conversation and learn about maybe the food they're sharing with us, and then maybe that leads to conversation about 
their childhood or their family or their education or artisan craft or farming or, you know, all these different lifestyle pieces that you wouldn't normally interact with. And then I think once we have those experiences, we really see the value in slowing down when we travel. I would love to start to talk about um, your company and the trips you design. And the first thing I wanted to ask you is about the name of your company. I know that when I created Lotus Sojourns, I spent a lot of time trying to think of words that kind of evoked what I wanted travelers to experience just through the name. Can you tell me a little bit about why you chose what you chose? I wanted to to start this company first to open the borders of my country and to show people um, Morocco in an authentic way, far away from the tourist trap. And it was just before Corona hit. And during this time, uh, it was a really fascinating time to think through what we wanted to bring to the travelers by setting up a travel company to Morocco, not to be like any other travel agency, but to bring value to each and every traveler. And so, as you said, it was a lot of brainstorming to really match what we want to bring with uh, the meaning of the, the, the this travel agency that um, is targeting Morocco for now, but can be far beyond uh, other borders in, in all developing countries. And as Gunfa, it comes from this uh, Berber language uh, used in south of Morocco by nomads. And this language is still used until today when you travel, for example, to the Sahara Desert. And it means to relax, to enjoy your trip in, in this language. And that's exactly what I wanted to deliver with my, with the company that I was setting up in this moment of a global pandemic. And also it was a time to go beyond this relaxation and beyond this the, the, the safety of the trip to have an impact on these people and on this destination that we visit. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's how that's how I, I came with with Asgunfa uh Asgunfa.com or the uh the village. Thank you. I love that. I think it's just I love the stories behind things and I know that people are often very intentional. And so thank you for sharing that journey for, for why you chose that. I know that you, and you have mentioned that you're really passionate about kind of getting people into communities and really getting people off the beaten path in Morocco. Can you share why you think that's so important and what that offers travelers and the communities that you engage in as you travel? Again, I want to go back a little bit in on time when I was setting up uh, the company. And at that time, I realized um, that we, we, we are in a fascinating times of, uh, of a global pandemic where everything was stopped. And I realized that the impact of tourism in my country on the people, businesses and the environment was huge. Everything was stopped at that time and the whole world was impacted. So even uh, each and every business was there and was feeling this, this impact like any, any, any time else. So I wanted to, to create this business so that 
when borders will be open, we will take this momentum to impact positively the destination by giving them back all uh, the, the benefits that they can offer. Meaning that I wanted to make sure that the, each and every travel money that you spend in a destination stays in the destination by offering experiences that are made by locals and offered by locals to empower women, youth that are traveling for 60% in the tourism industry. And we felt like everything was lost during these two years of a global pandemic. And that's exactly what I wanted to make sure that at the end of this uh, of this time, uh, tourism will come back at some point. I was sure about that. We, we, we didn't know the timeline, that's for sure. Anyone does. But the, the idea is to make sure that when it comes back, it comes back to learn about the effects of the tourism industry in the destination, either for uh, on the people, but also on our planet. Hey, it's Christine, interrupting this episode for just a minute to invite you to join me for my Lotus Sojourns Women's Wilderness and Yoga Retreat in Alaska in March of 2023. We'll be traveling 63 miles north of the Arctic Circle to stay at Arctic Hive, owned by my friend Molly Busby and her husband Sean. This boutique property nestled in the Brooks Range is way off the beaten path and also off-grid. We'll stay in beautiful and cozy cabins built by hand by our hosts. Practice yoga in their yoga dome, lovingly referred to as the hive, with gorgeous views of surrounding nature. We'll explore the wilderness by snowshoe and dog sled, connect with members of the local community to learn about living in this remote environment, enjoy daily yoga practice and vegan meals, all while keeping our eye out for the beautiful northern lights that like to show off their magic this time of year. I only have six spaces for this unique adventure, and a few are already taken. I'd suggest pausing this episode and hopping over to the Lotus Sojourns website to book yours today. Please share this experience with anyone you know who would love this restorative adventure. Want to learn more? You can listen to my Soul of Travel conversation with Molly Busby, Check out episode 67. Now, let's hop back to our soulful conversation. And thank you for sharing that because I think, you know, as we're looking at the, the impact of the pandemic globally because of the loss of tourism, it definitely impacted many destinations different levels. And I think there was great loss across the board. But I know particularly with some of my connections in Morocco, that has been definitely greatly impacted. And there has been, you know, kind of a false restarts and shutdowns. And, you know, that also in in itself has created quite a lot of um, financial impact. And so I really appreciate you sharing what the importance of tourism really is, especially in rural communities and, uh, you know, all across the country, but it really does make a huge impact. And I think it's something that many of us can't even really relate to or understand what it means to have a year or two years of travelers not in your country. So when you are creating your trips, 
and you're really wanting to create that impact and empower people and protect the environment, I would love for you to share a little bit about the ways that you do, in fact, work to empower people in communities. Um, I know on your website, you mentioned that you work with local guides and female cooperatives, um, which are two things that I really work with as well um, in designing my trips. And then also really working to ensure that um, all of the people you work with have fair wages, fair living wages. Can you talk about how you make those choices and, and why you think that has such a good um, positive impact? Sure. Uh, that's, that's a really important question. And that's uh, why we exist, actually. And um, be, before creating any trip, and that's, uh, that was before creating the business, the, the partners there are the most valuable assets in, in the company. And by throughout my travels and my experiences, I had the chance to meet really meaningful people that uh, most of them are family owned uh, companies or um, lodges or rias or restaurants that will, will give their heart into their business by welcoming travelers. And that's exactly the type of people that I'm targeting and I want to have in, uh, in my, in my trips. And once I had, uh, the different partners that I want to work with and fit, um, the chart, I would say, of Algunfa, I designed the trip, the trip based on, uh, on, on the experiences that I source for now. So um, let's say, for example, for a trip of five days that will engage adventure, for example, I will make sure to meet the expectation of the traveler with the experiences that I have available and take them to the accommodations that I source and, uh, the, and they will also go to the restaurants that are really owned by locals. And that's that's mainly how I make sure that the travel dollars stay in, in the country, basically. And also the other part and really important part is to, to work with nonprofit organizations. I, I work with three main nonprofit organizations so far. The first one is a high atlas foundation to make sure to offset the carbon footprint by planting, planting trees with the farmers. For the farmers, it's not only offsetting the carbon footprint, but it's, it's for sure helping the, the, the farmers to get more trees and more fruit on the long run. So traveling will always uh, have a carbon, uh, carbon impact on, uh, on that. That's, that's something that is, uh, it is for sure. And I would always share with the travelers to stay longer in this destination and to offset their carbon footprint and the other side to plant the trees. So that's the first action that the traveler can make while traveling. The second one is during the, the, the trip, we would visit uh, female cooperatives to empower the women, uh, n- not only to, to see what they are doing, but to engage with them in a longer discussion. We will not uh, stay for half an hour, but we will stay for three hours. We will share with them a cup of tea, share with them discussions with with, the, uh, uh, with, with, with your guide. 
and that's something that is so so much valuable for for the people there. And the third thing is to make sure to have local guides there that will not take you to touristic traps. And that's something that unfortunately uh, you you would find in every destination like Morocco. And that's something that I'm fighting about and would like and I'm working with um a non-profit organization called Picala that takes you by bike to hidden gems of Marrakesh, for example. Either by bike or by foot, depending on the traveler. And that will in, uh, also improve the employment in the country because there are, uh, most of them, there are students in the university of tourism. They are, uh, there, uh, and they know very much their, their, their city. So, that's the best way of traveling, and that's how I I want to make sure uh, that the experience for the traveler, but also for the destination, is positively impactful. Yeah, thank you for walking us through that. I really love the idea, as you mentioned, of visiting the female cooperatives and not just going and maybe seeing handcraft goods for like a half an hour and and thinking you're supporting and walking away, but really taking the time to create connection and have meaningful conversations. Um, I know that that has been probably my favorite moment across the board is the time that I have spent connecting with um, female artisans all around the world. One, learning about the craft that they do teaches us so much about the destination. Um, the materials and how they're harvested and how traditions have been passed down. Um, but then I also love those moments that end up as we like earn each other's trust and we start sharing again, kind of, I mentioned this before, but like about caring for our children or maybe what our concerns are for our families. And, and then all of a sudden, some of these threads that are common between us start to show up and the connection that that creates, I think, is really powerful. Um, what have some of your travelers shared about those experiences? Have they had unexpected connections or stories that they didn't expect after some of those those times spent together? That's the most rewarding part of uh, of creating Afghansa is the feedback from travelers once they really experience this kind of, of trip. In the beginning, they are, they, they are really interested in, into the destination, into, into traveling into Morocco, and that's it. By learning that there is more about the country and by taking them step by step in deep dive into the country, they are fascinated about the, the the experience that they have and the 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 joy and the learning that they share at the end of their trip is so much valuable and takes me and gives me a lot of confidence and a lot of encouragement to go even beyond you know we had some really hard time where we had closure of of borders reopening and even during this time of COVID a lot of travelers went to, to Morocco and experienced that and you can you can feel uh, and all the feedback that I had from travelers uh, learning about their culture their tradition they dance with them they're 
uh, they put their hands uh, into rug making, for example, or um, you know, just sharing stories. Also, uh, even if you are not sharing the same language, but it's such a meaningful experience that it goes beyond the language barrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have so many memories of those moments in my mind. And in my mind, we're always speaking the same language, but I realize that we're not. But like you said, (laughs) it just transcends any language. And then I go back and I think, like, how were we actually communicating with one another? But it's just, it just unfolds. And, you know, often there's a, the guide is able to be a translator or, you know, things, but sometimes there's not. Sometimes it's even a, a, a local language or dialect that maybe the guide doesn't speak, but still somehow that, that connection happens. And, um, I agree much like you, like after you see that happen and you just, you're so, uh, I'm so filled with joy. I can see that you're so filled with joy from it and you want so many more people to have that experience. And it really ignites, reignites your passion to just keep pushing forward, especially in times like right now, because we know how deeply powerful those experiences are. So thank you so much for for sharing that. I just think that that's so valuable. And I'm always I always love hearing about those experiences from others. Um, You talked a little bit about climate impact and um, some of the eco-friendly lodging and things like that, that you build into your experiences. But are there other things that you consider that are more from from that environmental and climate angle that you bring into your trips? Uh, I'm implementing that and including that uh, more and more during my trips, depending again on the traveler and his role to make more more or less impact during his trip. So the the basic is uh, is what uh, I just shared with High Atlas Foundation. To uh to you know um plant trees uh with the uh, uh, with the farmers and that's also something that the traveler can be engaged to uh it's only a few times a year but it's something uh that uh also the traveler can be engaged and now also I uh, I have a new partner called rural tourism in uh, uh, and they are uh, building itineraries. Um, that are, um, that engage, uh, engage the environment to protect the environment, uh, by, uh, doing some trails, uh, do, going for, for, uh, bike roads and, uh, and in also some protected areas by, by really going on, on few, few people only going to these places and uh, experiences that. So for now, it's only a trial, uh, trial mode, even for my, for the partner that is, uh, there. And there is really more to see than, than, than Marrakesh, uh, and, uh, and the, the, all the cities that we can, we know, uh, in Morocco. But even for me, it's a new destination, uh, that I'm learning to, uh, to work with and learning also to experience. Uh, and it has so much to offer by, by their national park, by the different activities that they, uh, they, they propose. So, uh, yes, depending, to answer your question, yes, depending on the traveler, we can, uh, propose other activities 
that engage with with the environment. Yeah, and I think one thing I've found that's been really interesting when you look at trying to find um, properties or restaurants or things that have um, ways that they support um, support environment and create an impact that a lot of these destinations have been really doing this in an innovative way for a long time. And it's maybe not measurable as sustainability, but it's just a part of their way of living, like water saving techniques or like using uh, re- reusable or renewable building materials because a lot of times people are sourcing found objects or they're already using natural materials for construction. Um, are there any properties or places that you go that are good examples of that or that you have been surprised by some of the innovation that they maybe already have in place? Definitely. And I, I'm, I'm surprised and even impressed sometimes by this um, accommodations uh, that are uh, using uh, the principle of sustainable goals without knowing it, because it's uh, they are it's just in their the way they are doing uh, because it's it's cost saving too, and uh, they are uh, doing waste management by 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 themselves without any uh, looking in any. Uh, regulation or any uh, certification they are uh, proposing only local food from their garden for example they are uh, using solar energy because they have nothing uh, it's more efficient to, to use solar energy than the usual energy you know they are uh, using a clean clean water to to, to their to their business so there are sometimes just Things and sustainable, sustainable goals that they are achieving without even uh, noticing it, and that's what I found very fascinating in this kind of uh, of accommodations that are really small, and you can find them somewhere in uh, in the rural areas. Yeah, I think that's been really. Um, there have been a lot of conversations around that, especially as. Like larger operators are looking at getting certified in um, for B to be B tourism and uh, be certified and like all these different ways as operators look to have that in their own businesses. And we're looking out at these suppliers that we use and properties. And like you said, they don't know that they're checking anything off a list. They're just living the way that they live, but by nature of that way of living it is already more sustainable. And so I think that just creates some really interesting conversations and some ways to begin to explore answers across the board is to really look to communities that are meeting their needs. Like you said, like they can only have solar power because there's no other option and they have to think creatively creatively about building materials because that's the way they have to do it to live. And so I think that's such a just a I think a unique experience that you start to notice as you are traveling especially getting off the beaten path well I would love for you to share a little bit maybe about since we are talking about getting off the beaten path in Morocco like one of your favorite destinations that you think travelers don't go to very often that you'd like to highlight I know for me I'm lucky I get to see professionals that are exploring different parts of the country. And sometimes they'll show a picture and I'm like, how is that Morocco? I didn't expect, you know, those mountains or this landscape. 
But what places would you love for people to to know about that they might not already be familiar with? Well, there is a region in Morocco that I started exploring only six months ago, and I found it very fascinating and very diverse. It's the region of Tutmesa. Uh, it's actually, uh, so people know Agadir and their resorts and their beautiful beaches, um, uh, with white sand, uh, sand dunes and it's, it's a, it's, it's a nice city, but when you go far, um, a little bit further than the city in the region, you will find some fascinating national parks with, uh, with, uh, with a reserve of, uh, Argan Reef, uh, this, this, um, this tree that is very known in, in the whole Mediterranean, uh, Sea uh, or Mediterranean uh, region that gives you, you know, the the all of Argan for the beauty of of your skin. It's really rich, and you find these goats uh, uh, eating uh, this uh, the, the the trees, and then it's an ecosystem that is so diverse, and only uh, locals know that. Even me, that I, I'm from Morocco, I just discovered this region by uh, traveling uh, more and looking for more of the beaten path uh, experiences. And uh, that's also a region that is investing a lot into the ecologies and, uh, you know, uh, the infrastructure to make it more uh, attract, uh, attracting to local, to local tourists and, and foreign tur- tourists too. Um, you will find also the the na- national park of Salam, which is in north uh, northern part of Morocco, uh, where you will find the most du- beautiful trails of the country with with natural springs, and you can basically swim while drinking the water. Uh, it's it, it, it's really clear water, and uh, you can drink it and. It feels so good, actually. So during the summer, I always uh, like to take people there. And basically, you need to be with the local to experience this national park. And that's something that is just fascinating. So this, these two regions for me are, are more than, uh, than only experiencing Morocco, but it, it goes far beyond that we with their also hidden beaches uh, or hidden uh, of fishermen uh, villages where you can eat uh, fish from from directly from from the sea you know uh, that's some some examples that I have uh, right now in mind but there's more more of it <laughs> yeah thank you for sharing all of that I think uh, it's so helpful because I think a lot of times as travelers we look for you know, the, the things that everybody talks about. And so maybe they will end up only going to one or two places in Rocco or just coming for a few days and traveling on to somewhere else. But when you are talking about sustainability and staying longer, then people are asking the questions, well, what else is here for me? And I think that's when you really start to find these experiences that you're mentioning where people start to, to realize how much each destination has to offer if we really slow down and and look for those opportunities. As we kind of get to the end of our conversation, I would love to talk to you a little bit about the process for you of actually bringing your company to life. 
I know there's so many people who are passionate about travel and maybe who start to, to see, um, to have a vision for what they would like to create. And it's such a daunting process. Are you willing to share a little bit about, um, you know, what this journey has been like for you and the reward that you've seen? Because I think a lot of times people have this idea, especially for a very passion driven business and it's overwhelming to think about it, or we think it's just like a passion project, but it can never be a reality. Do you have any words of encouragement for people that maybe have had a similar dream or vision? Sure. Uh, first, just go for it. Mm-hmm. Just follow your passion. Uh, f- uh, for uh, Follow your heart. And uh, when we work uh, with um, with passion, the the reward you, you will for sure see a reward. Maybe not uh, financially in the beginning, but you will uh, definitely uh, see um, or feel a reward internally and in terms of satisfaction. That's my my broad answer. But personally, uh, when I uh, I started this business professionally. Um, that was after five years of thinking about it and only doing it for, uh, people because of, I love the country, I love my country and because I love, uh, anything related to organization. <laughs> so, uh, I, I really thought about it and at the end, I started as a professional travel designer only after a lot of thinking and I, I think uh, we don't need that much thinking, uh, in, in the beginning, but uh, just to try and maybe fail, but tr- at least you won't have a regret to do it because today that I'm working on, on this business and each day that I'm interacting with travelers or partners, I see a reward and I see satisfaction. And that's something that is not measurable. Today, my vision is that uh, I want to give back to my country what it has brought to me, and and also to share with the people the, this uh, the rich the richness of what the, what this country has to offer. And be, beyond that, throughout this pandemic, I re, I made so many good connections with other partners that are doing the same thing in other destinations like Kenya, like Zimbabwe, like uh, like so many other, uh, like Sri Lanka, so many other destinations that we don't hear about so much, but they are so rich and so um, and can can offer so much. So by having this kind of connections and this kind of partnerships, we can create um, an ecosystem where each one can bring its value to the travel industry. And uh, I think this is so much valuable for anyone uh, who wants to, to travel to go beyond what we can find in, uh, on, on the web. Because when we, when we plan traveling, we spend so much time reading blogs and it's so, it's sometimes very frustrating. <laughs> we open 36 and at the end we find ourselves in this touristic I would say trap because that's where we find the most confidence because there are really famous brands and uh, and only famous 
website that will uh, will will tell you that. But taking uh, having the guts to go beyond that and to really give confidence to people who have small businesses and fight fight for for their for their vision and their um and their values it's so much valuable i would say yeah oh my goodness thank you so much for that i'm so glad i asked you that question um i think uh, i love everything that you said and i have all these quotes on sticky notes on my computers that feel like they are aligned so much with what you said. <laughs> I have <laughs> one that says, you never, never fail. You either succeed or you learn, which is a Nelson Mandela quote. And um, I think that I love that you said, just kind of jump in and, and maybe don't think about it so much. If you really have something that lights you up to just to go for it and see what you can create, because you're going to be learning along the way, no matter what, kind of no matter how much research you do. Um, I also know this from experience that you just have to get <laughs> moving um, and and try things. So thank you for sharing that. I think the more people that are are creating travel from that space, the, the, the amazing experiences that people get to have as travelers connecting with destinations. So I really appreciate that. Um, so if people would love to travel with you after hearing all about the way you've described your country, how can they reach out to you? My website at gunfa.com or Instagram. I, I always post beautiful reels of my country, beautiful pictures, and I'm very joinable. If you need any tips about Morocco and uh, how to travel sustainably, or other destination, I can put you uh, in contact with other destinations of, of people that are have the same vision than me. So yeah, don't hesitate to contact me for any query. Thank yeah, and so I, I know that to be true because I know that's how we found each other is following each other on <laughs> Instagram. And I just was continually um, inspired by the content that you were creating and the support that you showed me virtually for my business. And um, so I really appreciate that, that way of connecting. Um, it's really, really valuable as well. Um, the last thing I have is just a couple of rapid fire questions for our audience to get to know you a little bit more as a traveler and, learn about some things that inspire you. So we'll step into that part of our conversation. Um, sure. What is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires you to adventure? This is very hard. My favorite book is nature. The more I travel, the more I want to travel and just uh, going for a hike or going for a walk. Uh, inspires me to go more and uh, and opens my eyes more. I'm I I love uh, learning by doing, and uh, nature offered me so much that I want to give it back to others. Mm. <laughs> that's Thank my you. I love that so much. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> what is always in your suitcase or backpack when you're traveling? I always, I, I, I think today, um, our phone is, um, is, is something that we cannot, uh, take, uh, take out either to share, uh, what we experience to, uh, to the world or to find your way or I cannot imagine myself without my smartphone sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, and, 
And that's something that is so fascinating in, in these times because it, it, for sure, it can put a barrier with, with, with the, with the locals, but you need to go beyond that and, and having your, uh, your smartphone can make your life easier and can save you from, from anything. So, yeah, I would say my smartphone is, is something, is it's something that will always be with me. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think about my travels, uh, before we had that technology and after, and it's so different. And sometimes I long for like that, like ability to just be so lost and disconnected. But at the same time, there's something in the security of it. And then, like you said, being able to, I remember being, um, in the Amazon and I was speaking with a little girl and she asked me about my daughters and I could show her a picture and it was, it was so amazing. And then she like took the picture and showed it to her mom and like showed her that was my daughters. And so, yeah, I think technology sometimes gets uh, a bad rap when we're traveling, but I think it can also create some interesting connections as well. Um, what has been your, um, favorite or most memorable destination? My most memorable trip so far was when I traveled for, for the first time in Taradan in Morocco. And it was for the first time that I traveled by myself in my country and in a place that I never have been before. And I had so many amazing connections with the locals that are so different from the people that I used to to talk to or to uh, interact with. I'm in Casablanca, which is the big city, and everyone is, you know, um, very pushy or 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 so. But in these places, um, uh, I was in in Teridan, in Safraou that they have so much to offer they open to you their door they share with you their food and i found it really amazing how the heart of the people is filled with love and sharing and even during and it was in the middle of the pandemic and people were just happy to live uh, and they were confident about the future. They was uh, they were optimistic. They were even expanding their um their their house to welcome more travelers. And really, they were even investing more, even if they don't they don't they didn't have any any revenue. And they wanted to to show me how they do it and uh, have feedback. And I was like. This is so fascinating, and I I was so grateful to live that at this moment. So yeah, that's something that I will always remember. Mm, that's such a good example of how healing travel can be, and experiencing the world through other people's eyes brings us <laughs> light. I think. Where do you still long to visit? Wow, so much. <laughs> Uh, the the Latin American can, uh, culture is really really fascinating for me, and I love Spanish. Uh, and I would love to live in this continent for a few a few a few years uh, to learn uh, more about about them and to you know 
I, I know each each and every country is different, even in this continent. But to really take time to to, to live with them, and that's something that I'm very passionate about. Uh, so I'm if if I I have the opportunity to do so, I would be more than than happy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Excellent. I hope that that comes your way. I love spending time in in Central and South America as well. So, uh, what do you eat that immediately connects you to a place that you've been? There is lots of connections. Um, there is uh, so um, when when I I I make couscous at home, um, I remember the Fridays that. I spent with my family and everyone sharing the same, the same place. And it, it reminds me when we were young and Friday noon is, is religion where we need to be, uh, all family together. And even people would come unexpectedly just to share with you the Christmas. Um, and that's something, uh, that now living abroad, I really forget about it sharing a place even today or after this COVID time is something that is unexpected but uh, it, it's something in our culture and I'm always uh, always when I have a, a couscous anywhere in the world I, rem- I remember this exact moment of Friday noon where we share this uh, couscous with family thank you um, so many good stories coming out of this this part <laughs> of our conversation. I appreciate it. Um, who was the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world? My father. Um, he he was the first. Uh, uh, he 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 gave us the opportunity to to travel beyond Morocco and uh, to faraway places that. Um, kids our age didn't have the chance to do so. And also he, uh, because of his work, he also traveled a lot and we were traveling with him. So, um, I, I was, um, I was really inspired by how, um, uh, how he, he had, um, a very, even if he was not speaking English or Spanish, but I, I, I was just, Seeing how he can communicate with anyone just, just because he had a good vibe of communicating. Um, and he, uh, and because of that, I, um, uh, it opened my eyes to the world and, uh, also to, to not be afraid to go beyond our comfort zone and, uh, just go, go for it and meet people because People are at the end people and they are really happy to, to talk to you. Thank you. Uh, the last one is if you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real, alive or past, who would it be? My husband. <laughs> um, yeah, he is my friend, my, uh, my, um, <laughs> uh, I, I love going for adventures. And I feel, uh, even if I really like to, to travel by myself, uh, but, uh, being 
with someone where uh, with whom you share so much for the be- uh, for the best or for the worst is something that uh, you won't um you you will have only good experiences uh at the end so uh yeah uh, yeah that's that's the per- uh, he is the person that I would love to have by my side <laughs> Well, thank you, Javier, so much for this conversation. Um, it really spoke to my heart, and I hope that it inspires people to visit Morocco and also everywhere they visit to just kind of look for the hidden gems and dig a little deeper and try to get to know a culture a little bit better. Super. We're very glad to be to share everything uh, with you and for with the listeners. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share all that. Um, and I'm looking forward to, for your next adventure and our on, on the travel industry uh, in general. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. There's so much in store, I'm sure. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book Sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective. Or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Soul of Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story. Your story.